Hey there. I think a lot of you have been looking forward to this one. Today we're going to have a look at a deck of tarot cards. This was a gift from a subscriber from Natural Explorer who initially tried to send a deck with Celtic imagery but unfortunately there were some issues with the delivery and in the end I settled on a very traditional Rider Waite Smith deck a set of cards that you've probably seen before even if you um, are not interested in tarot and if you're wondering Melange White, you have such deluxe size cards if you go around looking at different uh, styles of tarot and different uh, images and designs and you spend so much time online that you get a bit confused then you too can order a set without checking the size of the cards and you too can have a deluxe size set but I have to say I don't mind I think they're actually quite nice and kind of fitting <laughs> it gives them a little more weight so if you don't know what tarot is these were originally uh, playing cards. They looked a bit different. Uh, in fact, here in Austria, we still use a lot of tarot cards for playing. Um, there are even championships in what is called tarot. So we have two different words. There's tarot, if you want to do some divination. And there's Tarok, if you just want to play with friends. It's something I've never learned though. Um, I, we played some simpler card games at home. I think it's not that easy, Tarok. And I'm not sure if in English-speaking countries the card game is still well known, but in sort of the former Habsburg areas it's definitely very much still alive. And the game is from late middle ages basically it was developed in the 14th-15th century in Italy and France the cards that we see here are from much later they're from uh, around 1900 basically and this whole like, esoteric interpretation of tarot only started in the 17th century the way these are designed is not traditional in the sense that the playing cards look very differently there are some similarities but for example these ones here are not part of the text that you would use to play the name of this set um, is 
sometimes given as rider weight. Um, A.E. Waite was the person who designed them, who thought about what the cards should mean and the order of them. Ryder was the publishing house and sometimes they're also listed as Ryder Waite Smith or Coleman Smith and that was the artist. She was an American woman with Jamaican roots who was probably given a lot of freedom, specifically with these cards here, that we'll get to in a bit. Unfortunately, she stopped painting um, shortly after. So, as far as I know, there's only been one exhibition on her work, but personally, I really, really like these designs. So, how does that work? Basically, you have the major arcana and the minor arcana. Arcana comes from Latin and basically means secret. These are four suits, wands, cups, swords, and coins or pentacles. But we'll look at these afterwards. So let's put them aside for now. And these here are the major arcana. The thought process behind it is that these are kind of archetypes of your life. So they are larger symbolic cards or allegories. Whereas the minor arcana have more to do with your day-to-day -day life. Altogether there are 78 cards, 22 of which are part of the major arcana, so 0 to 21. And if you'd like, we can have a look through these. The cards also came with a booklet that gives us some information on how to interpret the cards, symbolisms of the colors, and how to spread them, but we'll leave that for later. And then we have information on every single one. So the Fool was also part of the original playing decks as a trump card. Here it starts with the number zero. And zero means we can see as the beginning as well as the end. And that depends on how the fool or we as person interpreting the card moves through crisis and challenging times of the world or your own life. You can see this as a person that doesn't put a lot of thought into what they're doing 
they're just wandering off with all their belongings and the flower not looking where they're going but it can also mean that they're free of sorrow they embrace whatever comes along so it can stand for our spontaneity, freedom, taking risks but also difficulty in planning ahead in some spreads you can also interpret the cards when they're upside down and see them as warning or advice so here the warning might be hesitation, fear of risk, possible caution or preparation but you can also turn the cards the other way around if you prefer um, my impression is that there's no really a right or wrong way to do tarot and you can pick whatever works best for you personally I find interpreting cards upside down a bit difficult for now since I'm not as familiar with the cards yet the cards can also tell you about an action you might want to take now so there might be a moment to act spontaneously without plans or even thought so none of the cards are per se negative but it really depends on what you read into them then here with the number one we have the magician And you can see here these four symbols that I've mentioned as part of the minor arcana. We have the wand, the cup, the sword, and the pentacle. The magician has one arm raised and one pointing below with an infinity symbol above his head it says what we see on the table are the objects of the minor arcana because he's focused and clear he can draw on all the elements be master of every situation so the meaning is to be clear and focused and able to handle anything that comes along the advice might be confusion or a difficulty to focus then we get to the high priestess seated between two columns, one black and one white we have the moon here by her feet and the rolled up scroll in her lap and behind her we can see a glimpse of a garden and I guess these are pomegranate fruits
Swasiyashi is the principle of perfect stillness. She suggests that right now the best thing you can do is stay calm, be at peace and do nothing while everything or everyone rages around you. It's a bit about inner peace and spiritual mystery. Followed by the Empress. We can see here the garden that's present behind the High Priestess. Reappears here on the fabric with all of these pomegranates. We can see the stars as her crown. summer field by her feet and the forest behind with a waterfall. She is one of the happiest and most passionate cards. Represents lushness and fertility. But again, if you want to see that as pregnancy or not, you can leave that up to your own judgment whatever fits best for your situation. She can be associated with Venus, the Roman goddess of love. And she stands for passion, fertility, optimism and a reminder to embrace life in harsh moments. And Basically, the opposite of that then is the Emperor. Whereas here you have a lush garden, warmth and growth. Here you have very strict lines. You have mountains in the background. A heart throne. Whereas here you have pillows. You have a male figure, whereas here is a female figure. So you could associate the emperor with power, authority, control, maybe with government structures. You can associate it with fatherhood or rigidity. So these are very much um, traditional associations with gender roles, but they're not necessarily tied to a person of a specific gender. So you can draw either of these cards and see them more as principles that you might use for your own uh, situations for your own life. That's one too far. Here we have the Hierophant. Can see elements of religion. The crosses here basically uh, elements of Christianity. And the original title actually was the Pope. So it's a person who directed the ancient mystery rituals of death and rebirth. So the card suggests both the outer level of tradition, something to believe in during hard times 
but also the possibility of esoteric or secret teachings. And of course, these tarot cards became very popular in sort of the secretive societies that tried to unveil ancient mysteries. And you can see in the symbolisms that they chose what times they are from. So 18th, 19th century, specific ideas of what feminine or masculine energy is. Um, later there will be some Egyptian symbolisms, which of course was very popular during that time. So, or created during a specific era. But in terms of the Hierophant, the meaning is one of tradition, especially of religious teachings that give comfort or direction. But if you turn it upside down, it could mean going your own way, or rebellion against tradition. And this one I find really interesting. This is the lovers, which you might have seen before. We can read these as Adam and Eve, you know, with an apple tree in the back and the serpent. There's an angel appearing above. And the meaning would be a strong relationship, especially but not necessarily romantic. It can also refer to an important choice that you have to make. I thought it was interesting though how they are separated by a mountain in the back and these clouds in between. How the woman looks upwards and the man seems to look towards us. So, even though they turn their hands to one another, it's a bit of an odd card for me that I wouldn't necessarily read as a romantic one. Of course, if you pick a different set with different illustrations, this might look very different. And this is what I meant earlier the chariot. We have two sphinxes here in front of the chariot. Of course, a popular image at the time. And again, a bit of an odd illustration. It's supposed to show us a strong will that overcomes problems rather than solves them success but also possibly isolation and it's time to act without doubt or hesitation and of course the chariot should have wheels so you can move forward but this one looks like a booth basically and the two sphinxes are resting and twiddling their thumbs so an illustration that for me looks a bit different but again, different set might um, lead you to another interpretation. 
that I like very much. This is strength. Again, we have the infinity symbol we've seen before with the magician right here. And we don't have a strength like we saw with the emperor, one that is hard or rigid, but one that appears quite compassionate. There's a female figure taming a lion. So inner strength, gentleness, great confidence without the need to prove yourself. Or you can interpret it more literally that it's a connection with animals. It tells you to use gentle strength to tame a dangerous situation. Number nine is the hermit. A lone figure standing in front of this dark greenish-gray background a lone Latin to illustrate, not even necessarily the path, just holds it up and it says to everything there is a season. The tarot teaches us that there is a time to charge ahead and a time to hold back, time to be with others and a time to be alone. We can move forward and conquer like the chariot or the fool who steps joyously off his cliff. But the hermit makes no move. He only holds up his light. And if we hope for love and a deep relationship, then here too the hermit will disappoint us. But the lonely hermit may be just what we need until the times change and the tarot tells us to act or get involved with others, what might we learn by going into ourselves? So the advice is a time to withdraw from involvement, but be willing to lead when others are ready. Then we have the Wheel of Fortune, a bit of an odd card here, I think, with lots of different symbols, some taken from the Bible, some taken from Egypt, some taken from the Kabbalah, all a bit mixed up, and of course the image of the wheel of a place that is in flux, of fate turning the wheel whether we want it or not. And the meaning is that something is about to change. This is 11, justice, but the figure is looking directly at us rather, rather than being blindfolded, like in a lot of traditional 
imagery that you would see and holds up the sword and the scale the meaning is truth, honesty, self-acceptance, fairness or you might also interpret it as relating to a court case if you are involved in one This here is the hanged man That was, I think, the only card that I really know beforehand It's a bit of a mysterious card Because it's almost like a yoga pose in a way But he's hanging upside down So, not moving or unable to move but at the same time, there's light behind him and he looks very calm So you get to decide how you see this card stuck in a bad situation or is it to do with an attachment to deep values? Maybe you should look for the light that shines in the questioner's face The warning is against allowing others to sway your actions or getting unstuck and In terms of action, maybe that's not possible right now Maybe what you need to do is to resist the pressure from others by attachment to your deepest values And here we have death Comes riding in on a white horse And that's not necessarily a bad card It just means that something is ending Again, a change is about to be set into motion And what you can decide is how to greet that change Either by clinging on to what's passing or by welcoming it And here in the back we can see the sun between these two towers or columns Maybe they might be the ones we see here with the high priestess Then we have Temperance A powerful angel, it says here As if we have found the truest parts of ourselves So again, one of finding calmness Especially in the midst of fear and danger Which I think is a beautiful image here between the flowers by this pond with the path leading here from the mountains and the sun so you find calm and confidence in the midst of crisis a middle way between extremes and sobriety
and then here I really like this card. This is the devil. I guess it's not much of a surprise that I like this one. We can see some similarities to the lovers from early on. You have a figure in the background and then the two figures here in the front. In fact, you can also use the numbers up here to interpret your cards. So this is 15, 1 and 5 together would be 6, the number of the lovers. And while the devil might stand for darkness, fear, situations or addictions that seem to enslave us, it can also stand for a wild time or excess. Maybe for recovery from addiction, or maybe just the day after a wild party. So it's time to go into darkness and discover what is hidden there. And a little detail that's added in the description is that these chains really are loose enough that you can just slip them off. So you're still in charge. The tower again stands for sudden change, for upheaval even, or shock. The structures that have been built up are struck by lightning here. There's fire, there's people falling, the crown is displaced. What it can mean is that you shouldn't try to resist drastic change, but rather allow it to free you. You can create something else. Then we have the star. So there's great upheaval on the one side and then most like temperance, a great calm. These stars up here, birds in the trees and this free-flowing water that's almost an abundance here. This says the star maiden holds nothing back. One and seven reduced to eight, which was strength. Right here again, a feminine figure, the one with the lion. So the star can stand for hope, openness, especially after the crisis of the tower. It's time for a renewal. Don't be afraid to shine. The moon 
is the only one without people in it. We have a dog and a bit of a wild wolf with his teeth out and red eyes. And the moon, of course, stands for some mystery. A strange light. It signifies the dangerous time between the end of one world structure and the beginning of another. And on an emotional level, it can indicate the strange state when something powerful has ended and you feel yourself thrown back on your instincts. So the moon card calls forth other qualities as well. Powerful dreams, visions, and if you want to, the power of the feminine. It stands for wildness and uncharted territories. Followed by the sun, clarity, simplicity. You have a child together with a tame horse. You have the sunflowers in the back. This beautiful image of the sun. It stands for well, happiness. Moving forward towards a new life and good health. And even with the warning, it says the card retains its positive nature, but with some doubt or confusion, as if a cloud temporarily covers the sun. Then we're getting to the final two. There's judgment so again we can see a very christian image the angel with a trumpet and it says the card can look a bit frightening but if you look carefully you will see that no one is being judged even if it says judgment here they all open their arms joyously to the trumpet as it brings them to a new beginning so this is the moment of true change, a new and more spiritual consciousness. And eventually, 21, the world. We can set this next to the full the number zero up here turns into a wreath. We can see a similarity in how they're moving, but there's no danger to fall off a cliff here. This is almost like completion. It says she dances in a wreath of victory, oval shaped like an egg out of which something truly new and wonderful will burst forth. It stands for success, satisfaction, a spiritual and practical sense of achievement. And this is a moment when all things are possible. Which is quite nice, I think. So... Major Arcana. 
to just put these together again and of course normally you would mix them all up and not keep them in their specific order so you can draw one and let yourself be surprised by what you get but we'll just keep them like that for today We'll just have a quick look at the minor ones. So we have the wands, the cups, the swords, and the pentacles. And that's something that really differentiates the tarot decks from what would be tarot decks. You have illustrations on every one of these cards. So you have ace, two, three, four, up to ten. And then the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. And you can get uh, sets where you just have, for example, two cups, three cups, four cups without additional illustrations. But I've noticed for someone who's new to this, that can be quite difficult to interpret. And it's a bit easier when you have a picture to look at and um, that you can reflect on in order to understand the meaning these all have different meanings as well they stand for a principle the wands are the fire element personal drives and actions wands represent the human will life force, joy of living, self-assertion creativity and growth. So the world of wands is the world of intention, action, commitment, realization, etc. Cups, on the other hand, are the water element, emotions and personal needs. They represent the psyche, inner life, unconsciousness, feelings, moods, inner voice. So we have personal drive, we have moods and emotions, and then here with the swords we have the mind, mental energy, consciousness, knowledge and intellect. The world of swords is the world of knowing and choices, ideas and judgments, thoughts, concepts, etc. And pentacles, finally, are the material world. I've mentioned before, they can also be seen as coins, so they would refer to wealth. But you don't have to read this as a financial uh, set of cards. It can also be about talents, about the physical body you experience, manual abilities, talents, circumstances and environment, 
it might have to do with a hobby you're taking up, for example. And again, you have plenty to interpret in each of these cards. This would probably really are um, Patricia Coleman Smith's work. Apparently, Arthur Wade wasn't too interested in the minor cards. So she had a lot of artistic freedom. I particularly like the illustration she did for the Queen of Wands. A woman that looks very relaxed with a black kitty in front of her, a sunflower in her hand. And she looks out very confident and calm and at rest, I think. It's a lovely picture. And before we stop, I just briefly want to show you a different set. This is the one I got initially because I liked the image here on the back. This is the Tarot de Thea, which has a more <laughs> normal size. But you can see that this is... Um, following a bit of a different order, whereas this one starts with the Fool, we start with Chaos here, then we have the Sun, Moon, the Stars, and the Cups, we have Nine of Cups, Eight of Cups, Seven, etc. These are really just the Cups per se, and we get an idea of what they stand for. Héritage, ennui, réussite, amour, désir. But they can be a lot harder to interpret if you don't already have an idea what they mean. So again, a beautiful set of cards, but for me personally, a bit too advanced. And just as a final note, I've always been quite hesitant about tarot because I've seen it as a part of a very esoteric praxis, so, you know, related to uh, New Age and the like, and that's not really something for me. But I think you can use these tarot cards without assuming that the cards themselves tell you the future. There's no meaning inherent in them. It's all about what you see in the cards and how you interpret them. So they can help you to gain some self-awareness, some reflection. And what I've really enjoyed 
was to sit together with friends and we choose three cards each and then together talk a little bit about how they relate to our current situations maybe some challenges we're facing at the moment maybe work related, maybe related to a move to a different place um, you know, whatever it might be and I think that's actually a great thing if you can just sit together and talk a bit about what's going on with your life with the help of Tabro so I hope you enjoyed this and let me know if you have any tips or tricks on um, how to use these cards like I said, I'm completely new to this thank you so much for watching I'll see you again next week good night